Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome. Today I'm interviewing Karen Capello and she has been in the industry for 20 years as a coach and specifically as a business coach to help other coaches. So I'm excited to hear more about who she is and how she helps people and share that with the rest of the world. Uh, Before I became a coach, I was in the estate planning field. I was working 60 to 70 hours a week, if you can believe it. Those who are in business know. And all I wanted were three things. First of all, I wanted to work less hours, which wasn't going to be hard. Secondly, I wanted to wear comfy clothes because I was always wearing suits and heels and all of that. And third, I wanted to wake up without a blaring alarm clock. As an umbrella, I wanted to be able to do all of those while still maintaining the lifestyle I was accustomed to. And I wasn't sure I could. I really wasn't. I thought that I had to work really hard to make things happen because that had been my success story previously. So when I came into coaching, I said, I am not going to keep this hard work uh, as part of my success story. And I wasn't sure if I could make the money that I made and that I wanted wanted to make. And I did it. So that's kind of my story. It amazes me every day that I get to do the work I get to do and that I am actually making really good money for doing things I love to do. That's amazing. Was there anyone that you saw doing it that helped you believe that it was possible? Or what were the things that helped you keep going when you just weren't sure if it was possible? Like how long was that time frame? And tell us a little bit about that beginning stage. So I saw it right away, but there wasn't anybody that I saw that was really successful financially. And I thought to myself, I'm willing to give up some of my financial wherewithal in order to be happy and peaceful and all of that. And I wasn't sure how much of it I'd have to give up, right? you know, but there was this thing in the back of my mind. So when I was tempted to, to work hard, when I was scared, like where, where is my money coming from? Where is this business going to go? And by the way, when I left financial planning, I certainly had money in the bank, but I was 42 years old. And I didn't have enough money in the bank to support me in the lifestyle I was accustomed to for the rest of my life. I knew some point I was going to need to bring in an income. Uh, But I was really careful in the beginning to do only those things that were authentic to me that made me happy because I was so afraid of recreating that pattern. And really within in my first year in coaching, I did make enough money to pay my bills. So I was really happy about that because a lot of places, you know, they say it takes three to five years. And then I kind of built on that. But I was so committed, I was not going to um, sacrifice my peace of mind for my business anymore. I love it. Where did you start in coaching? Did you start as a business coach right away for coaches? Or where did you start? I did. Well, I started as a business coach because um, I was in estate planning and to, to create an estate plan, you need a lawyer, you need an accountant, you need an insurance agent, and you need an investment advisor. So I was the investment advisor, and but I, but I knew all of these people. And you know, it's interesting, if you go into these meetings with these beautiful 
um, cherry wood conference tables and gorgeous art. And then in the back room, there's a whiteboard with everybody's yes. numbers on it, you know? Yes, I love those so, rooms. So we were all in that back room with our numbers. So I knew that my friends and my colleagues needed to produce every month like I did. The other thing that was interesting is um, I made the million dollar round table in my second year of estate planning, which was unheard of. Wow. So everyone around me knew I was successful. So when I became a coach, I said, okay, now, now I'm charging for it. And um, people came to me because they knew that I could help them. And, you know, it's so easy to figure out the return on investment if somebody's in, um, you know, say a CPA and they get one more client with your help. They pay, it pays for their coaching. Um, if they're a lawyer and they get another client or two, it pays for coaching. So it was really easy. So that's where I started. And then um, about nine months later, I got my ACC, which in yeah. those days, you needed 250 hours. Now you oh. only need 100. Wow. In those days, you need 250. And I had 250 hours of coaching after nine months. And I was at my very first ICF conference. And one of my colleagues said, I don't know how you're doing it. But if I get a group of coaches together, would you coach us to do what you're doing? And wow. I said, okay, sure. Of course, I didn't know how to do that, but I figured I'd figure yeah. it out. And seven coaches got into this first group. And Jamie, they all started getting results. Wow. They all did. So then I realized that, you know, I had started out coaching entrepreneurs, you know, professionals. Right. And a coach was just another version of a professional. So I shifted my niche over to coaching coaches in business development because there's always business development. That's amazing. So how long ago was that? 20 years. Oh my goodness. Are you serious, Karen? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is the name of your business and how do you present yourself today? You know, like we hear things in marketing, like what is your pitch? How do you present yourself today? My business is Karen Capello Coaching, LLC, because... As I tell coaches, if you can't figure out a fun name, just put your own name there. You know, you'll have it for the rest of your life. How I talk about it now is I, I help business and executive coaches with business development to have success with ease and joy. That's actually my mm -hmm. tagline, success with ease and joy. And that's what you wanted for yourself. That's what you found. Mm -hmm. And so do you track numbers or anything to know, like how many coaches in those 20 years that you've helped or what are some of the takeaways that you have for yourself when you look back? I, I hadn't been tracking till about three years ago. And that changed everything for me. Really? So um, I, I had been helping coaches for many years. Um, one thing that happened to me was I my niche kind of expand, my offerings expanded. So my ideal client always stayed the same since I, since the beginning, after that first nine months was a coach. But I was helping life coaches I was helping any kind of coaches and, and it narrowed down to business executive because it's hard to find, figure out a return on investment for other type of coaching. And I realized that just wasn't my thing. You know, right. my thing really was business and executive. That's where I came from. That's what I love. So I kind of narrowed into there. Then I was helping business and executive coaches do everything, get their business going. I was helping them with mentor coaching. I was helping them with group coaching. I had all these different programs and the problem was every program had to have its own registration page. It had to have its own mm -hmm. marketing. 
yeah. um, campaign. It had all of that. And it, I was doing way too much. So each one of those things took a lot of energy from me. And recently I learned the term mental load. Do you know what a mental load no, is? No, but I love learning new terms. It's, it's like an MBA. Yeah. It's what's on your mind. Oh, yeah. So for instance, if, if somebody says to me, you know, I'll help you with something. I want them to take the whole thing off my plate. <laughs> I go, well, I'll help you with this, but I'm going to come back and ask you 10 questions. Right. It's still on my mental load. Right, right. So I had this mental load with all these different programs. And about, well, this is maybe about five years ago now, um, I ran into a coach who was um, working with these 12-week groups. He kept track. And he said, in these 12-week groups, uh, we make an average of $54,000 per wow. coach. Wow. And I had been coasting by on my low six-figure income. I have a great life. I did not want the stress, so I just stayed where I was. Right. And I thought, huh, I've never made $54,000 in a quarter. Let me try this and see what, what's possible. I did. Wow. I made it. Well, I, I set a goal for 55 because I've never been average, but I did make the 55. So then I thought I'm going to take this again. And the second time I put a goal of 75,000, made that. Third time I thought, oh my gosh, could I make six figures? No way. No way. And I put up 100,000 and I made that. Wow. And the you just talked about tracking. That was the key tracking my marketing activities. Of course, I track my money and all of that for right. tax purposes. But I started tracking my marketing activities. I started tracking what I did daily. And I started seeing what contributed to what. And it was amazing. And then, of course, um, you probably heard of the Pareto principle. The you know, I've heard of it. Yes, yes. 80-20. Yes. Right. So it's like 20% of your actions create 80% of your results. Yeah. That's how I got to my 100,000 because... The first two quarters, I found out what those, that 20% of actions was, went all in on them. Wow. And all of a sudden, th things were easier. So my coach said to me, just for 12 weeks, why don't you just do business development? Don't do mentor coaching and group coaching and all this. Just leave those be and go all in on one. Wow. And oh my gosh, it was so much easier. I yeah. was selling one program, one thing. Everything I did on social media was for one was going in one direction. I could repurpose things so easily, and I didn't have like four or five things I was doing. Yeah. All of a sudden, I had more time for myself. So, do you think that new coaches can also do that? Get down to that one thing, and how do you help them through that? Because, I mean picking a niche is usually painful from what I've mm -hmm. seen. And then even if I see it in someone else, cause one of my gifts is to see people's zone of genius. But even if I see the gift, they don't sometimes want to accept it because they don't want to exclude all the other options. Right. How do you help people navigate that? So one thing that you just mentioned, the book, the big leap. I love that. Identifying your zone of genius and staying in that zone that's probably the hardest thing for a coach because we're so talented. We can do yeah. so many things. So the idea is just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And the other idea is, do you want to 
do you do you want to be all things to all people? Because you can. Right. You don't like the only reason to really hone in on your zone of genius and a niche is to make money out of your coaching business. So if you don't need to make money, <laughs> right? If you don't need to make money, I love that. The world. Simplify it. Doesn't matter. You the only reason you would do this. Yeah. Right. The only reason you do this is to make money. So we see this with coaches. Some of them are like, I don't want a niche. And then a year or two later, they're not making money. And they come and say, Karen, yeah. what do I do? And I go, the answer is in front of you niche. If you want to make yeah. money easily niche. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's so interesting how our brains work against us sometimes. Mm-hmm. How have you navigated that? I'm assuming you have your own coach when you're working through some of those things, but how, how else, what, what mm-hmm. comes to mind? Yes. I have my own coach. I've had my own coach since I started for 20 years. I feel like if I'm asking people to pay money and coach me, then I've got to pay money and be coached, both of those things. And I've, I have seen coaches, like if they're doing peer coaching, which is better than none, but if you're not getting clients, make an investment because that energy will bring in people who want to invest with you. Um, the other things, I've always been really interested in self-development. I mean, my whole life, right? Many coaches are. So I will do things like, um, probably an hour of self-development a day could be anything. Could be listening to um, 528 Hertz music. Yes. On YouTube, you know, in training my brain, I'll put on my headset like you have here, Jamie. It could be, um, it could be listening to Abraham Hicks, who I just adore. Very positive. Um, it could be doing forgiveness work. Oh yeah. I really like the book Radical Forgiveness. I have a great story about that. I years, this was a few years ago. So, um, I did some work, a subcontracting work for an organization and I put in my invoice and they were supposed to pay me on a certain date. And that date came and went. And I wasn't, it, it was a couple thousand dollars. It wasn't going to make or break my life, but I like integrity. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if they would have sent me something and said, we're having a little cash flow thing, your money's going to be late. Mm-hmm. I heard nothing. So I sent him email and said, you know, please let me know nothing. I see the owner of the company on Facebook and I'm like, ah, you know, she's not even paying me, you know, like how could she be out there? And then another friend of mine who did work for the same company, he got paid and I didn't. So now I, now I'm getting very frustrated. So I, I kind of laughed because I know every, you know, I believe I create my own reality. So I thought, okay, there's a lesson here for me. So I took the um, radical forgiveness exercise and it took me about 20 minutes to go through it with this woman. And then I, um, I left my office. I went to the kitchen to get a glass of water. And when I walked back to my computer, I had, I had a email that said, you've got money. And it had come in six minutes ago, just about the time I walked out of my office that I finished my forgiveness. That's amazing. So this stuff works. I mean, yeah. seriously, it works. So I do forgiveness work. There's another, there, there are tons of exercises that can be done. Um, and just be, for me, just being really clear on what I want, visualizations. You know, I do a lot of vision boards. They're, they're fun. Yeah. When I first started coaching, I did a vision board and I had Canyon Ranch 
Health Resort on there. Now, Canyon Ranch is about 10 minutes from my home. And in my mind, I thought I was going to be staying at Canyon Ranch, which I have many times. But um, I was actually asked to be a speaker at Canyon Ranch. That's amazing. In my first year of coaching, they're like, do you have any books you want to put in the bookstore? I'm like, no. So, um, and they gave us free spa days, you know, for speaking. So it was just great. Little did I know that was going to happen. So I'm always looking for kind of magic and red threads and things that happen and I do say one of the, my other sayings is that your self-development fuels your business development. Mm, I love that. That is really what this podcast is all about because the business is you. And what I believe is that if we don't develop personally, then we keep our business stuck or at its max capacity, right? Whatever our, yes. wherever we're at. And I love what you just said about vision boards. When Canva and I connected... <laughs> about like mood boards on Canva and then turning them into photo boards where you could just quickly and easily drag and drop photos in or upload photos. I put on my um, recreation vision board, probably three or four months ago, I updated it or created a separate one. And I picked a certain spot in Cancun that I wanted to go to again in the future. Mm -hmm. And when I put it on the board, it wasn't it wasn't in my future. It was something in my mind that wanted to be. And maybe three to four years out was probably, I mean, I had no idea when it would happen. We're leaving in two weeks. And the reason Woo-hoo! I know the reason is because we're going for a dental vacation, not because for my recreation. <laughs> so it's on my recreation board and I'm planning to, you know, go to the exact same spot, but it was because that's where we found the dental place that we want to work with our kids. And so I love, like you said, we put it on a board, not necessarily knowing exactly how it's going to turn out or exactly why or where, but maybe we thought we were going to go there for a different reason. And then you end up there for something completely unexpected. And it, it, it works. It's real. I've done almost everything on all of my vision boards so far this year. I'm in awe. Make another one. I know. That's what I, I did. I was like, well, I think I looked around my room and I was like, I think I've lived out almost everything on all of these boards. I need to update it. It's time. And now I'm like, and it's not even the end of the year. I need a new one. So I love the people that you're pointing out, you know, in terms of the people that, or the things that you've done, you know, to help yourself with personal development and being able to take an hour a day and do that kind of work is a significant investment in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's what we need, but it's, not obvious. It's not always talked about in an obvious way. You know, it's one of those things, it's like paperwork. It can easily be set aside. And then, you know, when we haven't been doing the work for a while, all of a sudden it starts to show up. Is there anything else that when you're doing work with your clients that you're seeing industry-wide or, you know, just really consistently across the board, things that you're seeing that kind of concern you or that you're having to really address over and over again? that does concern me is um, there are lots of of internet marketing Mm. people out there that are trying to sell um, marketing Mm -hmm. to coaches. And these beautiful coaches who don't know what they're doing and they're not really ready for a program like that, they'll spend 10 and 20 and $30,000 from their, you know, 401ks to get going. And they'll be in a program where they get lost which is um, one of the things that that I do is 
I do my, my group programs, no more than 12 people in a group and they're all together as a mm, cohort. They've got support. And the programs I'm taking now, everybody's in a big Facebook group and you have to pay extra to get with the main code to get any coaching. And uh, it, it's just too, it, you get yeah. lost. And I think that doesn't work as well for coaches. Might work for others, but coaches are yes. a special breed. So I think I'm, I think I'm probably one of the few MCCs that are doing business development because most MCCs yes. are training coaches. Yes. I've seen that. And it's it easier sale, right? Because there's no result. Right. I mean, you can learn. But for me, I'm on a mission to make sure that coaches are well paid for what they're doing. And obviously we can never be paid enough for the transformations yeah. that we give. Seriously, we could never be paid enough. But I want coaches to be paid better than what they are. And I and and it's a mindset thing. It really is a mindset thing. It's and there are steps of course in business, but we have our groups and we take take groups through. So I think that's the one thing that really bugs me about it. I have some coaches come to me and say, Karen, I can't afford your program. I don't think we can ever right. not afford something, but they say that because they just right. spent a lot of money. That was like, they might've burned it up, you know, and I'll, I'll say something about this. I myself right. have taken some programs mm -hmm. that have been not a return yeah. on investment, but I've taken some others that have been. So I think as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we just got to try things. Some things are going to work you know, better than our wildest expectations and other things are not going to work, but in the end, it's all going to come yeah. out fine. Yeah. I love that. I listened to a Dave Ramsey program one time where there was a business owner that called in and she was beating herself up over spending $5,000 on something that did not end up turning out. You know, the, the ROI wasn't there. And Dave just kind of took a moment and he said, if that's the most in business, if that's the biggest mistake that you make in spending, then you have most of us beat <laughs> by like a lot and just kind of this reality check. And then I remember not that long after that, I was in real estate development and the, um, I was new ish at the time and the construction crew was making decisions on the fly on the job site, instead of consulting with the people in the office that were actually working with the clients and so they decided to add $15,000 to a building in electricity that we couldn't sell, that nobody, none of our clients wanted, but it was, it was like a nice day. And the two of them, you know, were just like, yeah, electricity would be great. Let's add that. That's great. That was a $15,000 mistake. There literally is nothing about it that was needed. And that's one of the mistakes. That was one. There are so many. And we kick ourselves over, especially, I feel like, especially in coaching and service industry, like it's, we don't have all the answers. So how are we going to know? And how can you know without trying? And then it was a learning lesson, right? Like, For sure. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying. And, and sometimes I feel like the shame of that though, for myself, even though I know this stuff every once in a while, it can get me down a little bit longer, you know, and then, and then instead of turning around and making another decision, it's like we hold off on making those decisions. Like you said, saying, I can't afford that. Well, in some ways you can't afford not to. I understand you got burned on the last one, but I'm actually not burning people like that. <laughs> That's the value of a coach though. If you are mm -hmm. being coached, your coach can help you move past those things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about 
the future of coaching and lots of new coaches coming into the market. What do you see for the future of coaching? Oh, I think it's going to take off like crazy. I mean, right now, I made this prediction like four years ago when, when we had all these millennials coming into the workforce. Yeah. And I said, at some point, leaders are going to be out there just looking for coaches because the baby boomers who were working their butts off are leaving. Yeah. The millennials don't want to do it that way. They want to do things in a different way. And they're going to need leaders. And so I think the future of coaching is really bright. We have quiet quitting. We have the great resignation. We have all kinds of problems. Don't get me started. We went I love this. I, I'm agreeing with where you're going. And I had no idea that we were going to go here. So I'm getting so excited about what you're yeah. saying, Karen. Yeah. I mean, we went out to dinner last night and, and our dinner was 45 minutes late. They sent it to a different table. This is just a small, one small snippet, and, and they had to pay for our dinner, buy our oh. dinner because they were so late. So this is a small snippet of what's happening out there. Um, they can't, you know, people can't, they can't find, leaders can't find people to work. Leaders, people who are working are going home early. Yeah. And the whole workplace is changing. So if we can come in and help them with with a coaching culture, if we can help leaders do feedback and performance evaluations dif differently and have difficult conversations mm -hmm. and all of this, I think it's the best time for coaches. I think there are so many things for us to work on. I love what you're starting to dip into here because in the company that I was in with the 35 employees, we had some of the highest employee satisfaction scores in our offices that this person had come in and audited us and said, you guys, in the 12 years that I've been doing this, you guys have some mm -hmm. of the best scores. And I believe that it was because we took a coaching approach to leadership. And I believe that that's the new training, right? Like we need to recognize that what was there before, there are, there are many leaders still that think I want what I had. Let's just do a little bit of a, mm -hmm. step, take a step back for a moment. I don't think that's reality. This new generation has amazing gifts. They are amazingly talented and they want to be connected with on a personal level. They do not want to be treated like machines. We have enough machines in our lives. And so the coaching, that one-on-one -on -one option, is it's a new style of leadership is what I believe. And so if we can coach the leaders and then turn around and have room for more one-on-one -on -one coaches and individuals themselves learning to invest in themselves. I see, I agree with you. I see the potential for coaching as being huge. It's to me, it's like when cars came around. I mean, we can take anything here, but let's take cars or cell phones. In the beginning, you had a phone in each house and then maybe you had multiple phones around the house and then every person had a phone. Coaching was only for sports and athletes and high paying executives. And I believe the future of coaching is for every individual. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I had a brick phone in the early nineties. <laughs> yes, I did too. And yeah. right now we might be in those, I don't think we're exactly in brick phones, but we're probably in flip phones. You know, it's not, right. as, it's not as um, elegant and, um, yeah. and all over the place as it could be. But yes. I do think people are really starting to understand the value of coaching. And I think um, 
as you you're saying this, you know, give us 10 years and yeah. every single leader will have a coach. It just be, I agree. you know, standard operating procedure. I agree. And, and the other thing that's been coming up for me, because again, I was in real estate development, recognizing that because our industry is newer, there's things that we're going to have to deal with that we're not going to have to deal with five or 10 years from now. Today, we have to educate in ways that we, that we won't have to educate on in the future. And um, I think that's every industry goes through that before it becomes normal. And one of the things that I've recently been thinking about too is the studies that have been done on the brain and all the information that we're finding out today about how the body works, those studies hadn't been done before at the level that they're being done now. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much information coming from all directions that point to the power of coaching. <laughs> yes, yes, we're, just... we're perfect, perfectly poised where we are, I think. Yeah, and I agree too with what you're saying about there being very few business coaches that are in your position with having the credentials and going through the ICF programming. Um, I remember being in the room at the conference, the ICF Midwest conference, you had done this easy, simple little workshop, I guess you'd call it, where you had, you know, everyone say, hey, what's most important to get credentialed, to have a business coach? I don't remember what some of the other things were on there, but there was like this aha moment where I was like, oh my word, yes, you need credential and you need a business coach because there isn't really an easy place for you to go and get the information on how to do the business of coaching. So what comes up for you with that? I think it's really true. It's That's why I started helping people around me because the coaches didn't know. I had a business background. Right. I was president of a semiconductor manufacturing company before I was in estate planning. So I understood the business of business. Right. So I only had to learn one thing, coaching. But many of the coaches that I was with, they yes. had to learn another thing, business development. And that's... I. I do think there are more platforms right now. There are more jobs for coaches than there were when I started. So it's possible in the next 10 years that coaches will not have to be an entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, A lot of these coaching platforms, you can get get your hours for your credentialing. When I started, you could not get hours for credentialing unless you set up your own business. So it's moving in a direction that is actually going to be really helpful for the coaches who don't want to. I think there's a huge percentage of them that are not meant to be or called to be entrepreneurs. They want to help people and they can learn the process and they can be good listeners and they can ask good questions and they can really be there for their clients without having the burden of -hmm. being an entrepreneur if they don't want to be. I do think that that, I agree that that's going to be the future because the, the process of being an entrepreneur is real. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about all those opportunities. Is there anything else that you would want people to know? I guess I just want to say thank you to all the coaches in the world, because I know we're here to really elevate human consciousness. And there's a lot more going on than just helping leaders or helping our clients to be the highest versions of themselves. I think we are, I think we have a mission in this world to, um, there's an evolution of consciousness that's going on. Yes. The whole world is shifting into something that is even bigger than we could ever imagine. And that, that actually makes me really happy. And so I thank the coaches 
who are kind of the midwives of all of this yeah. um, shifting that's going on in the world. And I think even during the pandemic, you know, we held a space for people to be healed. And yeah. it's just such a, um, it's really an honor. And, and uh, I'm very grateful to all the coaches that are doing this, the coaches that are draining their 401ks to do marketing so they can help people. It's amazing. So big thank you to all the coaches out there. I echo that and I support a, a big amen to what you just said there because the work is being done right now and it's it's shoveling. It's It's the hard work that's being done by a lot of coaches to make this transition. I love it. Thank you so much for being on here, Karen. Oh, I'm excited you. to share with others. Yeah, it's been a wonderful conversation.